Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I am your host, Brian Sin. Thank you for joining us, guys. Really excited about this week's show. We've got some cool guests this week, and and we're going to talk about fishing around the state of Alabama. What are the fish are doing? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it ugly? I'm going to bet that it's pretty good. We finally got some warm weather, getting this cold weather behind us. Water temperatures are going up. I'm expecting some good reports this week, and uh, I hope that's what we get. But you never know, man. Fish do crazy things, and and, uh, it's that time of year when everything changes. But, hey, let's go figure out what they're doing. And we're going to start off segment one, Tennessee River Report with my man Ty Cox. Ty, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man. How are y'all today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Just been looking forward to this report. Honestly, I, I, I know that, you know, the weather's been so inconsistent. The rainfall's just been crazy and the wind's been crazy. And it's finally, it seems like we got a week where things have kind of calmed down and got a little more steady and warmed up a little. So looking forward yeah, to seeing what you guys are doing. Yeah, man, that uh, that consistent weather is a big key, and even the water level being consistent is a a big factor in catching these fish. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that water level being consistent. I mean, it affects everything. That's a lot of stuff we faced this spring was because of the water level rising up and down and all that, and it just had them fish so confused. But but man, it's warmed up. Thank the Lord. I, I, I was about ready for the cold to go away for a little while. Yeah, right. Um, so it, it's warming up, man. They're biting. 
I mean, it's good. You can you can come to Pickwick Lake right now, and you can catch them literally any way you want to. You can go up in Florence and catch smallmouth. You can go down on the lake. You can go. You can literally catch them out deep. You can catch them mid depth. You can catch them off the bed. I mean, it, it's fishing good right now. It's fishing. It's fishing really good. That's one reason I, I and I said to first the show that I was excited about this week's podcast because I just. Man, I just figured it was on right now. I mean, it's just a great time of year. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, I mean, you've got so many different ways you can catch them. And it's cool to hear you say that, you know, and, and a lot of times we think, and I know I'm guilty of it as I think, okay, springtime fishing, fish are moving up. So all I'm going to do is fish shallow, but I mean, there's still mm-hmm. a good bit of fish out deep too, right? No, man, me and, uh, me and one of my buddies last night fished a little afternoon fruit jar out of bear creek and it was we went from five to eight o'clock and we won it with 19 pounds and everyone we caught was in 20 foot of water pre-spawn so there's still God. a lot of pre-spawn out that there. is crazy and to think about man i did i did not expect that yeah i mean um you know we, we usually start catching them offshore around the end of april anyways but they're usually postponed right um, they really ain't that big out there at the end of April, but man, I, them we caught last night really surprised me, and I, I say it surprised me. We've had a everything has been seeming to happen later this year. Like our spawn started later. It's just been a different spring. And that being said, say the bass are spawning later, but we've actually I noticed this past weekend we our shad spawn started. And that's it's happened kind of earlier this year because usually it don't start till over in May. It's funny to say this. It's, everything has been weird this year, but the fish are biting really good for it to be like that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's just like I said, we caught those last night in 20 foot of water, but I had a buddy fishing the same tournament, catching four or five pounder off the bed, you know? So it, you can literally catch them from. <laughs> everywhere 25 to five inches i mean it's crazy that is crazy that is crazy you know you talked about and congrats on 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 winning little little deal last night man yeah i appreciate it yeah we fished them every monday night and was which is you know we're all buddies we've been fishing them since we is lord i've been fishing them tournaments since i was probably 12 years old and it's more of a bragging rights than anything you know but sure uh Beat my old man last night. I think he's won like the last two or three of them. So put it on him last night. So I, I got to work this morning at the rod shop and had to uh, had to yeah brag about rub it, it rub it in a little bit. Anytime yeah, you beat anytime it. you can beat daddy, it's a good day. Oh, that's a fact. <laughs> That's good. Hey, you know, you, you talked about water levels and, and, and changing and how that impacts a fish. You know, I know this time of year around a lot of our lakes in the state, you know, they're bringing the water back up. They bring mm-hmm. it down the lower pool during the winter. And this is the time of year they're bringing the lakes back up and, and it kind of, you know, it comes up fairly quickly. What, what does that do to the fish, the water level coming up? Do they kind of follow? Do you see that they follow the water up, or does it still just make them, I don't know, uncomfortable? Yes, it does. Um, it, they do follow it up. And the past two weeks on Pitwick has been it's a perfect example of how it does it. All right, so let's go back to, see, Monday a week ago. We got, all right, no, 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 no. Let's go back to two weekends ago. We got a bunch of rain. 
And our water level has been around 414, which is summer pool. So they brought it back up to normal pool. Follow me? Yep. So then we've got, we got a bunch of rain, and they brought it up two more feet, which was two feet above full pool. Therefore, the bushes and the reeds and stuff was flooded. All right, so Monday a week ago, the MLF tournament started their practice. Well, them boys were slaughtering them, flipping bushes and reeds. By the time their tournament started, last Thursday, yes, last Thursday, the water had fell out of the bushes and the reeds and only had about six inches of water on them. So all the boys that was catching them flipping, them fish followed the water back down. They moved out of that backwater Mm. and the guys that was just at the mouth of all them places where they was catching them flipping, the guys that followed them back out to like the mouth of them backwater creeks and then the shallow bars out in front of them, they caught them. I mean, it was it was unreal. But like you said before, the bass do follow the water. That's the reason our spawn was so late this year is because our water level had been down for so long and they just only brought it back to summer pool about two, two and a half weeks ago, two weeks ago. So them bass was wanting to spawn, but they wouldn't pull up on the bank because the water was so low. And when they brought that water level back up two weeks ago to summer pool, every fish on the lake hit them banks, went to spawning. And uh, I say every fish, a lot of them did. Yeah. I mean, but to answer your question short term, yes, water level, they followed it up and down. They follow it both ways. Yeah, and we had talked to somebody last week on Pickwick that was up there uh, fishing that tournament, and he had, you know, he had done pretty good the first day and and pretty fishing and all that. And then, like you said, that's what he said too. He said, "Man, they they dropped the dropped the stew out of that water," and he said, "I it killed what I was doing." And uh, really, you know, some people were able to get back on them, and and some weren't. It definitely, um, definitely affects them for sure. But you know, what are you catching them on right now? Like, like on your on your Monday afternoon day or Monday night? What was the man? You know, we caught all them fish on a six X D. When I fish deep, I'm a I'm a cranker. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I'll sit there and crank all day. And that's if I'm fishing a tournament. You know, like when I go on trips and stuff, it's a little bit different. You know, because not everybody's gonna sit out there and want their crankbait all day. But right. But we did. We, we caught them cranking. Most of the time, if I'm in a tournament and they're out deep, I'm catching them cranking. That's just what I feel comfortable with in my hand. And I say that. We caught, you know, three or four on a swim bait or a hair jig along the way, but most of them did come off a of 6XD. And that 6XD, just kind of explain that lure to me a little bit for people that may not know. It's, um, you know, what what kind of depth are, are you fishing it? What color matter? Or uh, Like I said, them fish we caught yesterday was anywhere from – I'm going to say anywhere from 15 to 20 foot deep and use, you know, a six X D will run about 18 foot. If you, you throw real, I throw like, I throw 10 pound test and throw mine on a seven eleven hammer cranking rod. And with that light, light line and that longer rod, I can cast that bait further and I can, I can get, I can get about three extra foot out of my crankbait by, by the rod and the line that I use. You know, a lot of, I tell a lot of people, especially on guy trips that are trying to learn how to ledge fish and stuff, throwing them big crankbait, a 6XD or 8XD, for example. If you're throwing it on 12-pound line and you've got another guy throwing it on 10-pound line and everything else is the same, the guy throwing it on 10-pound line is getting an extra foot and a half, two foot out of his crankbait versus the guy throwing 12. 
That's amazing. It makes a big difference. Makes it a big, makes difference, a big difference, difference, right? Well, um, when you're crankbait fishing, you know, especially when you're fishing deep like that, or even if you're fishing eight or ten foot of water with a crankbait, mm-hmm. do you yeah. when you you're casting that thing? Like you said, you got a long rod, light line. You're casting mm-hmm. that sucker a long way. When you first start cranking down, do you kind of burn it down to get that depth? And then once you get it down, do you? Is it a steady retrieve, or are you just? I mean, what kind of speed are you retrieving once you get it down? Um, me personally, me personally, I try to knock sparks off my reel getting it back in. Um, I actually don't crank my crankbait. I don't throw my big crankbaits on a cranking reel. I throw my crankbaits on a high speed reel. I fish mine at a pretty fast retrieve, and, and you don't have to do that. You know, I mean, I, there's boys out there that. I tell people all the time, a Z-Ball or the Profound crankbait, they're not they're not designed for that. A Profound crankbait is designed for when you get that thing to hit bottom, you kick that rod tip up and just give it a steady retrieve, and that thing, instead of digging a ditch, as some people would say, yeah. instead of that, the what you do that, the way that crankbait is designed, is it'll sit there and glide across the bottom. And a lot of times that makes a difference versus, you know, how I like to do it of just burning it back. And, and I guess to answer that question, it just depends on the situation and what bait I'm throwing. Yeah. Um, if they're really fired up, you know, when they first get out there deep in middle of May or right now when they're pre-spawn about to go and they'll bite, I, I burn mine because I just get that reaction strike out of it. But when it gets over in the summer and fish are getting more finicky and pressured, then that's where you throw like that Z-ball that profound z-boss crankbait and you kick that rod tip up when it hits bottom you just make it glide and give a little bit more subtle action and that that can be all the difference in the world on that same note do you are you trying to keep that bait on the are you trying to hit the bottom with your bait yeah you are yes i am okay yep yeah and that's what i assume that you were doing i mean you want to feel that bait hitting the bottom yeah you, you want to feel it on the bottom yeah. okay i didn't know if it was a thing where where you're seeing the fish and let's say you're seeing those fish on your electronics at let's say 22 foot and you're mm-hmm. like all right i need a bait that's going to be coming right over the top of them and you know maybe at 20 foot and so you're trying to keep that fish you're trying to keep your bait right above them but that's not the case you're wanting that fish you want to burn it right on the bottom below the fish yeah, most, most yes most of the time you want it on the bottom to get that and what it essentially is doing is that crankbait on the bottom so down there it pretty much just looks like a craw i say a crawfish you know it looks like just a, a bait fish or crawfish just you know going across the bottom like that and a lot of people don't realize it. a lot of people think fish look up when they're that deep a lot of them looking a lot of fish are looking down so therefore if you throw a bait over the top of them a lot of times they won't never you know they ain't looking at it right Um, and that's a big difference i guess in the in the crappie and the bass mm -hmm. because those those crappie you know we have all these crappie fishermen on here talking and and they always talk about keeping your bait above the fish because crappie look up they feed up but you know yeah. if you think about the anatomy of that fish that crappie's eyes are sitting on top of his head for sure more so than a bass i think uh and, just no, and don't get me wrong there's definitely times and situations where i think bass are feeding up too it's just not not that particular one i got you um, i got you i mean it's just like you know fishing out deep with a jig you don't never fish your jig above them you know that's true always 
Always on the bottom. You throw a big swim bait out there, you let it sink to the bottom. Same way for a crankbait. Good deal. Good deal. Well, what about up shallow right now? What's your uh, What's your plan of attack? The biggest thing is is I'm starting. I mean, I'm starting my trips as early as I can, and I know a lot of people don't like getting up that early. But there's a shad spawn going on, and that thing only lasts, you know, till the sun comes up good. And that shad spawn can be one of the, if you a man that has never been on a good shad spawn bite don't know what he's missing out on because it's worth getting uh, up for it's worth getting up for it i mean you can literally load the boat in an hour you pull up on the right one i've seen you be able to catch 50 75 fish in an hour that's no lie so Um, when you get a you get in that boat i mean you are you are when as soon as you can see you on the water so as soon as i feel like it's safe for us to be out there i'm we're headed out and you're looking for birds right Yes, any kind of uh, birds. Any, you know, that, and that depends on how deep of water you're in. A lot of people mess up by, you look at a shad spawn on the actual main river, you're not going to see just a whole lot of the fish busting up on them, birds swooping down on them. What you're really looking for out on the main river is in shads on like the, Pickwick's known for its pea gravel point. Mm-hmm. You see some shad flickering on a pea gravel point, there's a shad spawn going on. It's just so it's just deeper water there, so the fish are not actually busting up on the top of the water. Um, now, if you get back off in the creeks, like in the back of Bear Creek or the back of Yellow Creek, um, and you see birds and fish busting up on a bank, and I mean you, that's what you want to look for in the back of the creek. Is that is something something flying out of the water? You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's and that's just like, yes, let's see, today, my trip Sunday morning, we got on a shad spawn that morning, and it wasn't, it wasn't a visible shad spawn. Um, we seen some bait flickering up over there on the bank on the main river. We pulled over, and they was feeding on them. They just wasn't busting the top of the water. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, when they think shad spawn, think fish are schooling and all that, which, which they do, but a lot of people miss a lot of good shad spawns because that's what they're looking for. They overlook the ones that are not visible. Yeah, and see, that's what I've always, I, I would miss that because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, get in the boat and just haul butt down the river looking for white birds on the bank. And if you don't, yeah. and, and that's the only thing that, that I would be looking for but you're you're at pickwick you're you're looking for more than just that yeah i've actually seen man i've actually fished some of those shallow main river bars before to where you're fishing a shad spawn but you don't see it you don't even in in some instances you might not even see a shad flicker but say if you throw a spinner bait out there and you get it back to the boat and you look and there's four or five shads falling up that's usually a shad spawn because what those what it is, them shad are so far shallow on that river bar out there in the open water, they have to have something hard to knock into to get the eggs out of them. So what they do is knock into each other, you know, at a scent. And what, they, what they're what they doing is when you reel your bait back in, they're knocking up against your bait. And a spinner oh. bait is the Yeah. So if you're ever out there fishing, you know, on off, off the bank a little piece like on a shallow bar or something and this time of year you reel your bait back in and your square bill spinner bait chatter bait whatever it might be and you've got four or five shads following it every time you're you're around a shad spawn it's just not a visible shad spawn those are the ones you typically catch bigger fish out of too yeah 
What are you fish? Is that what those lures you just mentioned? When you see the shad spawn, is that what you're throwing? The chatterbait, spinnerbait, swim bait? Yeah, man, I mainly throw a chatterbait or a swim bait. That's just me. Um, a square bill's a great, great bait for them. And I, I'll be honest, one of the best baits to throw in a shad spawn is that uh, Berkeley Fritz Side Five, the shad color one. It's so little. That Fritz Side Five is just a smaller crankbait, smaller profile, and it is the I mean, it's, it's, it matches the hatch perfect. You know, it's the same size as the shad you're, th- you're throwing at. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a great bait to really do good. On a that's shad a, that's yeah, an I, exciting I mainly, way to fish. I mainly, mm-hmm, I mainly sit with the chatterbait and the bait. But yeah, I would definitely, a shad spawn is definitely my favorite thing ever to catch them on. That's awesome, man. That's good stuff. But you're talking about up shallow, but like we were saying, that only lasts, you know, till the sun gets up. So you might have an hour, hour and a half. You know, maybe a little bit longer on a cloudy day, but after the sun's getting up, man, we're just going to where they spawn, spawning banks, throwing a, uh, and a lot of people don't, you know, might laugh, but a Texas rig lizard's one of the best baits to catch them right now on. You know, it's just old school fishing, but yep. um, you go to a spawning bank or even a spawning pocket and you find you oh big and up there on the nest, you know, do a little sight fishing, stuff like that, and uh, later on in the day, I'll go fish out deep some. So really right now, if you go with me, we're going to fish shallow. We're going to fish deep. We're going to do it all. That's awesome, man. Well, that's, it's, it's a fun time of the year. That's for sure. Cause you got a lot of options and, and things change throughout the day. So it's a cool time of the year for sure. And I think that's why people look forward to the spring. It's, I mean, people love to bass fish all year long, but it's like that springtime mm-hmm. is a special time. And and that's one of the reasons why it's just fun. It's, just, it's diverse. Well, that, and it, it it suits everybody's fishing style too. Um, you know, not everybody wants to go fish out deep all day like I prefer to do. So in that instance, they can go fish shallow all day in the spring and still catch just as many fish. Versus in the summer when you fish out all day, you you know most of your fish is out deep in the summertime. The man that likes to fish shallow all day in the summertime ain't gonna catch near as you know not as not as many numbers. No, but, no. You know, just like and my dad, for example, my dad loves fishing out deep. He uh he's not a shallow water fisherman. He don't he don't like to sight fish, and vice versa for him, he can go fish deep all day and still catch the same amount of fish as the man fishing shallow. So it's just. It's a great time to go fishing. The fish are biting. It fits, and, and right now, it fits everybody's fishing style. So it's a it's a great time to go on the water, that's for sure. No doubt about it, Ty. Well, man, if somebody was going to come up this weekend, later this week, this weekend, and do some fishing, what would your tip of the day be? Be on the water first thing. Um, like we mentioned earlier, one of the best bites right now is the first hour and a half of the morning. A man can put his boat in the boat and, you know, launch his boat at 630 right now and think he's the earliest one there. And, you know, he got there at 630. He's there early. Well, you've done missed 30 minutes of the best best bite. Be there. And, and and I'm the world's worst about it. I don't like getting up early. I'll be the first one to tell you. I'm a, I'm not an early bird, but right now it's, it, it pays off for you to be there as soon as as soon as it's safe enough to run down the lake first light it pays off to be the first one on the water right now that's awesome man good stuff well hey if somebody wants to contact you ty and come up and book a book a trip with you 
and uh, go out and, and enjoy this time of year and, and learn mm-hmm. a lot while they're out there and catch a pile of fish. What's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, best way to contact me is just off of my cell phone. Um, text message or call me. Um, I've always got it on me. Like I said, I, I run a fishing rod business too, so I'm always always got the cell phone close to me. Um, my number six six two eight nine one zero one zero four. Or you can message me on Facebook off of our uh, off of my guiding page on Facebook. It's the First Flight Outdoors LLC. Good stuff, man. And hey, tell us if somebody wants to check out y'all's rides where what's the website for them to go to and check these rides out yes our website for the fishing poles is just hammer rods uh two m's two r's in the name hammerrods.com hammerrods.com is it do y'all sell them mainly online are y'all mainly in stores uh yeah we mainly distribute to retailers like you know tackle warehouse uh, tackle trap over at Gunnersville. Gunnersville tackle outdoors, your Marts outdoors, you know, just your mom and pop bait shop, some of your bigger retailers. Uh, but we also do have our own website that you can go and order off of too. Well, good so, stuff, man. Well, guys, y'all take a look at the website, check out these hammer rods. Man, they, they're right here made in, in Alabama. And uh, we love support our, our local people. And if you want to catch a bunch of fish, on Pickwick right now, give Ty a call. You got his cell number and uh, book a trip with him and you won't regret it. I guarantee you. Ty, man, we appreciate it as always, buddy. And uh, mm-hmm. keep yeah, catching them good. out there. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It was always fun chatting with you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Yes, sir. You too. All right. Take care. All right, guys. Let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Boaterslist.com. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but more importantly, where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Man, what a great first segment. I love having Ty on here. And, uh, man, y'all check out them hammer rides. Uh, man, made right here in Alabama. I mean, let's support these guys, right? And uh, if you want to book a trip, man, Ty's a great one to come up, go up to the Tennessee River, Pickwick, and fish with. So uh, don't be bashful. Reach out to Ty. But, hey, the second segment today I am fired up about. I've been wanting to get a kayak guy on here 
for a while and uh, I have finally found the man to get on the show. And I'm super, super pumped about hearing about kayak fishing in the state of Alabama. So welcome to the show for the first time, Mr. Brandon Watson. What's going on, Brandon? Oh, not much, man. I'm just pulling into the driveway, getting off work today. Man, I, I, I was really hoping you was going to say you was just pulling up to the boat landing to put the kayak in and, and do some fishing. Well, I wish I was, but, uh, work ran a little long today. So, uh, maybe, uh, maybe tomorrow. I understand, man. I understand. Well, Hey, Brandon, I, I as I just said, you know, kind of introing into that, I've been fired up about these kayaks and I mean, it is, am I mistaken or is it the largest segment of growth in the fishing industry right now? Uh, you are absolutely right. It is the largest and fastest growing segment of bass fishing right now. What do you attribute that to? One of the main things is, is in kayak fishing, it allows a lot more people financially to access the waterways. You know, not everybody can afford to be running around in a $80,000 bass boat, but, you know, it's not too hard to come up with a couple of thousand dollars to get you a nice kayak and get out. And, uh, there you go, go. Yeah, man. And, and speaking of, you know, and, and the kayaks, <clears throat> you know, when I grew up fishing, fishing the rivers in West Alabama over there, I mean, we had a kayak, we had, but today's kayak is not the same at all as what I remember kayaks being or what I, you know, grew up around these. And I think that's another reason for the growth is these companies have gotten behind this and they are producing some unbelievable kayaks right now, right? Uh, absolutely. There's a bunch of manufacturers that are putting out strictly fishing platform kayaks. Uh, I fish out of a Hobie Pro Angler uh, 14 with a 360 drive. And uh, I mean, it's pretty much like the Cadillac of uh, fishing kayaks. And, you know, it's a super incredible fishing platform. And so, you know, the companies, they're really working hard and competing with each other to, you know, put that next best kayak out there, uh, strictly tailored for kayak fishing. Yeah. And, and these things that basically turn into, and, and you said it a while ago, and I think, I think that's a big reason for the growth is not, not everybody can afford an $80,000 boat. And we all, heck, not many people can afford the gas to put in those things now, but these kayaks have turned into a mini bass boat they really have i mean other than the you know the the you know two 250 300 horsepower engine on the back and there's so much that you can do in these kayaks that you couldn't do in the past i mean you're you're no longer sitting inside the kayak at water level but you've actually got a seat on it have storage compartments and rod holders and and the, what the one you got i believe it's got foot you your foot propulsion right that's right it has a, a pedal drive so instead of paddling you actually use your feet and legs to propel the kayak and it's a lot more efficient and keeps your hand free for uh, more efficient opportunities how do you steer the thing if you're not paddling uh, it has it uses a rudder to steer with okay so it's got a rudder that it steers with and i imagine that also addresses another question that i had for you which was you know when i fished kayaks in the past you know as soon as you throw before the line hits you're spinning in a circle and you start fishing on your left and end up fishing on the right and then you backing away from it and it, i couldn't I, no way to keep the thing straight really but right the yeah. ones now they've got the rudder plus there's some other things that help with that right that's correct you've got rudders and then uh also you know 
when you get into your nicer kayaks, they're longer. And when you get into a longer, heavier boat, then it's a lot more stable in the water and it's a lot less subject to being tossed about by the wind. <laughs> yeah. Wind. Now you've, you, I mean, the people are putting, I mean, you've got the same electronics that the bass boats have pretty much, right? And that's exactly right. I run a, a Humminbird uh, Helix 9 with the mega side engine on my boat. And, uh, you know, I've got buddies that have uh, dual Garmin's on theirs and they're running live scope on their kayak. So, I mean, you know, electronics, but people put trolling motors on there with spot lock. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, the, aside from a big gas outboard, you know, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. That's really crazy. So, and you know, for people that may not be that familiar with them, I mean, you've got a seat on top of the kayak, right? So that's you're right. sitting it's up. A, yes. It's a, it's a, it's a chair, basically a fighting chair. <laughs> pretty much that's cool so man i you know that one thing i've always you know been like man how sturdy are these things really i mean can i set the hook bass fishing on a if i'm if i'm flipping a jig am i really gonna be able to set the hook but uh i think these i think these manufacturers have answered that question oh absolutely when you get into a boat like the pro angler 14 you know I, i can stand up and walk around on it there's people that walk all the way out onto the very nose of it to make a specific cast you know i mean it's got exceptional uh stability for standing up fighting punching is one of my favorite ways to fish and uh you got to stand up to horse those fish out of the grass and that you know today's fishing kayak is definitely stable enough to handle that man that's really cool that's really cool so along with the quality of the kayaks and the the number of people that that are fishing kayaks now the the tours kind of got behind this and fishing tournaments have kind of got behind this too and i mean there's there's no shortage of kayak fishing tournaments anymore. Uh, you're right. And, uh, you know, Bassmaster, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, they started their own kayak series. And uh, it's gotten some really good participation. Uh, my favorite uh, trail that I fish is the Hobie Bass Open Series. And they cap their events at 200 anglers. And you better be waiting uh, when the registration goes live, you better be waiting right then to sign up or you're not going to get in. They sell out in about 10 minutes. And, That's uh, unbelievable. You know, it, it, it really is. You know, people don't really understand. I don't think that, you know, in the kayaks, we're competing for the same kind of money that the big bass boat guys are. You know, the, a Hobie Bass Open Series with a 200 angle angler field, uh, first place is paying out just over $10,000. So it's real tournament fishing. Well, and here's the here's the beautiful thing about it is you got to win a whole lot of bass tournaments in these big in the big boat tournaments to pay for that boat. You ain't got to win but one in the kayak series to pay for your boat two times over, pretty much. That's exactly right. You know, you're competing for the same money with a fraction of the overhead. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that just for a minute. So if somebody, one of our listeners or, or me thinking about, you know, getting into the kayak fishing, I mean, what am I going to spend to rig a kayak out to where I can, I can go out there and enjoy the fishing? So you can get a very good kayak and rig it out for between, I would say 2000 and $3,000. That's going to be a paddling where where you use a paddle to propel it. Once you get up into the pedal drives, you step up into the four to eight thousand dollar range on average on like a fully decked out boat. So you you kind of have to make a decision: do you want to pedal or do you want to paddle? 
And then once you make that decision, you're going to be in one of two categories of kind of a, a budget. Yeah. And and what about length? I mean, you, you said you have a 14, right? That's correct. So I'm, I'm assuming that there's, there's different lengths that you could, you could probably get, but I would think the longer it is, the more it's going to stay straight. And is it more sturdy the longer it is, or does that really matter on the sturdiness? They're all probably pretty sturdy. They're all pretty sturdy. Um, the length doesn't really affect the sturdiness. Now it will affect, uh, the tracking. Like you said, you know, you're going to maintain a much straighter line. And then also with that, uh, extra couple of feet, uh, going with the, like a 14 footer, uh, you get more capacity and, um, more weight capacity and thus more stability with that boat. What will your boat weigh? Fully rigged out. I think it weighs probably, probably a couple of hundred pounds. Okay. And that's what that, that was my next question is, is this something that you pick up and throw in the back of your truck and go fishing or do you have a trailer or, or how do you transport it? So I trailer mine, I drive an SUV and, uh, I think I would still trailer it even if I had a pickup truck. But it's definitely something that you can throw in the bed of a pickup truck. A lot of guys, they'll get a, you know, a T-bed extender that just uh, goes into their receiver for their hitch and uh, to support the back end of the kayak. And they put them in the backs of their trucks and do just fine. But I prefer being able to back down a ramp and just put my kayak in the water just like you would a boat. Yeah. And then be done with it. Well, you, you know, I know that it's, it's definitely a different experience as well. And, and there's some advantages to kayak fishing. So if you don't mind, talk about, talk about some of the advantages and why you like to kayak fish. The number one thing or the number one advantage to kayak fishing is your stealthiness. You can really get right on top of the fish without spooking them. And, and you, and really you have to get so close that you either just about touch them or they can see you that you spook the fish. Whereas, you know, in a bass boat, you get trolling motors going and live wells pumping and all the, all the things, you know, these bass, uh, especially on pressure bodies of water, they, they've kind of learned that that means it's time to not be eaten. <laughs> I've, I've been fishing on Gunnersville before in a cove and been there by myself, just wearing them out in a boat, pull in and the bass just shut down. And then as soon as the boat leaves, the bass pick right back up and you start catching them again. And so, uh, stealthiness. And being able to access water that uh, is inaccessible to people in bigger boats, that's, that would be the two biggest advantages to kayak fishing for sure. Yeah, I would think that would be a huge advantage too, is is that, you know, there's a lot of places that, you know, I can think of somewhere I grew up fishing where you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't get in this little creek because it was too shallow. But if you were able to get up in there, it kind of opens back up and there's good water in it and there's fish that stay in there all year long, but there's just no way unless the water was way up that people could get in there with where a kayak, you could just, you could just cruise, cruise right through the little inlet of the, uh, and, 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 and get back there to some unfished water. That's exactly right. And, and today's day and age, you know, it seems like everybody and their brother is a fisherman and, uh, and the lakes, uh, especially with people being off work for coronavirus, you know, the lakes have been really beat up pretty good. And, uh, it, it's definitely advantage to be able to get to some unpressured water. 
Well, yeah, and the stealth of that too, and like, and, and and you bring up a really good point. I was actually thinking about that when when you mentioned the stealthiness and and not spooking fish and how these fish have gotten used to. They know what that trolling motor sound a little bit. They know, hey, it's time to quit eating for a minute. Uh, there's danger around because, like you said, man, COVID is just um, if the one thing it did was explode the fishing industry, and and there's more people on the water than it's ever been. And every week on this show, we, we have callers, you know, guys that are professional anglers that do it every day for a living that are like, man, these fish are just so much more pressured than they used to be. And you've got to find different ways and new ways to catch them. Uh, and with the electronics that we have, there's no secrets anymore. So yeah, so it, it definitely makes sense that the, that the kayak is a, is a way to be stealthy and, and get to new unfished water. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I know that you fish, you know, Gunnersville a good bit. You also fish the Coosa chain a, a good bit. So uh, let's let's talk about, I mean, I know you fish Lay Lake, and this is a fishing report. So as I, I could talk to you. I'm, I'm interested in this kayak thing, so I could spend the whole show talking about that probably. But let's get to a fishing report, man. What are the fish doing on Lay? How are you, what, are you, what are you fishing for? right now and, and how are you catching them so the last few trips i've had out on lay i've been up uh to the tail race below logan martin dam uh it's one of my favorite places to fish on that whole body of water and uh i've actually been going up there targeting the stripe and uh i've just been throwing a swim bait like berkeley makes one uh, z-man makes one now uh bass pro shop has their own uh, i think they call it a boss shad basically it's just like a pre-rigged swim bait that's got a hook in it and uh, they weigh like half an ounce or something, maybe like three or four inches long. And uh, I just like to go and throw that in the current for those big stripe. And uh, if it's a good cloudy day, you can catch them on top water, like a big top water plug, a uh, big Zara spook or a uh, cotton cordell pencil popper. I've actually, one of my favorite things to throw for them that not a lot of people fish up there. I like to throw big bull shads and also like to throw uh, an old uh, Lear Jensen wood chopper that they use for peacock bass that's my kind of my little secret lure that i pull out on a cloudy day it was and, your uh, secret before you mentioned it on the show it was your secret now now it's not yeah, you know, brandon i'm sorry that's, that, well well good luck finding one that's all i gotta say <laughs> they don't they don't make them anymore so if, if if your grandpa's got one stuck away somewhere then you can go wreck them with it but yeah other than that you're gonna, you're gonna be hard pressed to find a, a an old wood chopper I've never even heard of it, man. So, uh, yeah, I don't think many people are going to be able to locate one of those, but, uh, you'll have, you'll have to call some guy down in, uh, South America to ship you one up here. You right. Know, that's been down there catching peacock bass. Well, when you're in the tail races, man, I mean, you know, I mean, you can get some pretty swift water, you know, at times there. So, I mean, is that, uh, get a little hairy every now and then I imagine in a kayak. Oh yeah. It's, it's sporty for sure. Um, the water's warmed up. Uh, warmed up enough now if you uh, did if you did happen to take a spill you're not going to be in very serious trouble you can just swim it out but it, it, it's definitely not uh for the faint of heart it's not even <laughs> for the faint of heart to take a nice bass rig up there you know there's a lot of big boulders and that's, that's probably one of the most dangerous tail races we have in the state it's because of all the rocks everywhere but those fish they get in there and the big spots get in there too i've been catching some nice spots if you do fall out is it hard to get back on the kayak and if you were in deeper water? 
I mean, will you tilt uh, it over trying it, to get back in it, or is it sturdy enough you can pull yourself slide back up on there? It's sturdy enough that you can slide back up on there, and the easiest way to do it is to go to the back and pull yourself up from the back of the kayak instead of trying to go in from the side. Gotcha. All right, another question on the fishing. You know, we 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 hear a lot here on the show. A lot of people, you know, you've got your you you've got your guys that are fishing shallow, going down the bank, and we all know that that there's a certain um, certain fish they spend their whole you know they don't go out deep. But you know, when we're talking some of these big bodies of water that we have in the state, there's an awful lot of good fishing offshore. Do you is there a negative to kayak fishing? Um, and, and on the offshore bite in deeper water, going out there and catching schooling fish in 25 foot. The biggest challenge I would say is throwing a big deep diving crankbait because it will pull the boat towards the crankbait. So you have a hard time working that, but there's definitely other techniques that you can, uh, employ to, uh, catch those deeper fish besides a big crankbait. You know, I like to throw a big spinnerbait, you know, like a one ounce, ounce and a half spinnerbait. You can throw, you know, swim baits, uh, big, you know, big worms, big spoons, you know, anything besides a big crankbait. And there's guys that do it. It's just a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, what's the, uh, what's the biggest, uh, I mean, you, you were telling me before the show, you've even gone down to the Gulf and fished in it. It's gotta be pretty stable to do that. Yes, sir. That's actually how I got into kayak fishing and, uh, the very first fish I ever caught on a kayak was a 20 pound King mackerel. So needless to say, I've been hooked ever since. Oh my but, goodness. Uh, but, but if you're going to go, go that route and try to go and fish the Gulf on a kayak, you definitely want to watch the weather report and the surf report and make sure you're going to be two foot or less and some pretty flat winds <laughs> because once you get out beyond the breakers, it's not bad, but the going out and the coming in yeah, is a bit of a challenge. That could be a little, little hairy there for sure. Uh, oh yeah have you have you landed a shark on the thing yet i have uh my largest fish i've ever caught actually is a six foot black tip uh and i caught that down at panama city at spring break uh one year on the I, at the time i was in a jackson cuda 14 and uh and so we got a six nice foot little, black tip yeah i got a so, nice little ride it towed me f- uh five miles uh while i was fighting it it pulled you five miles before you got it in. That's right. That'd be a trip, man. Now that would be fun. That <laughs> oh, yeah. would be fun. All the spring breakers are just sitting there watching going, what's this dude doing? Have no yeah. idea. They got a six, you got a six foot shark on the end of it. So now, yeah, I, yeah. and I got to ask, did you like cut your line when you got him very close or did you, did you get him all the way up? I got it all the way up and I grabbed it by the tail and snagged a quick picture. And then I cut the line and cut the leader, uh, you know, kind of close to the mouth, but not too close that I'd be, uh, in any real danger of losing a finger. Dude, uh, you, you and, are living on the edge, it. man. I love it. You are living on it. You are definitely the kind of guy that could go noodling with me because you, I can tell you ain't scared. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Let's do it. We got to do that, man. Hey, I'm going to get me a kayak. I can do a lot of kayak better than the boat. Probably. Get in and out, no problem. Dude, that's great, yes, great stuff, man. Well, Brandon, thank you for being on the show, man. If if Let me just get you – I got to get a tip of the day from you. So if somebody's coming to fish the Coosa this weekend, what would be your tip of the day uh, to, to go catch some bass? My tip of the day, we'll, we'll go with bass. 
If you're going to go bass fishing, I would say try to cover a lot of water and definitely fish your strengths. We've got bass. Uh, they're all spread out right now. You've got some garden fry shallow. You probably could still find some on beds here and there. Uh, you got post-spawn fish. You know, they're everywhere right now. You can catch them from the dirt shallow all the way out to, I've caught them out to 10 foot of water at least. And uh, so I would say that. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that if they're, wanting to get into uh, kayak fishing, they can uh, check out uh, dugoutbaitandtackle.com. That's one of my sponsors, and uh, they got a great selection of kayaks. And uh, I would definitely uh, yeah, do some business with them. They, they'll, they'll take care of you. Good stuff, man. Well, if somebody, you know, if somebody has questions about that or wants to know more about what to give, I mean, do you mind giving your phone number out in case people have questions? Oh, uh, no, that's fine. The best way to reach me would be uh, by text message. My number is 205-365-8317. And uh, you can look me up on Instagram. It's uh, ProYak Fishing, P-R-O-Y-A-K Fishing. And I'm also on Facebook. My name is Brandon Watson. You can hit me up there, and I'll be glad to help anybody that has any questions about kayak fishing or tournament kayak fishing or anything. I'll, I'll be glad to help anybody. Good stuff, Brandon. Hey, I got one more question I just thought about, and I'm going to let you go, man. I know I've had you on here a while. Is there a certain, you know, a lot of times in the bass fishing, we've got seven, seven and a half foot rods, you know, different lengths. Do you typically use a shorter rod kayak fishing or do you still just as able to use a long rod as anybody else? So I actually, uh, I'm glad you asked that. I actually took on our new rod sponsor this year. It's uh, Douglas Rods and their website is douglasoutdoors.com. But I actually prefer to use a longer rod kayak fishing when you get up on the deck of a bass boat and say you're texas rigging or fishing some sort of technique where you need to take up a good bit of line you have a whole deck that you can basically move across as you're setting the hook to take up line mm-hmm. on a kayak you don't have that kind of real estate so the longer rod allows you to take up more line on a hook set and 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 get a better hook set on a fish, especially if you've made a long cast or you're fishing in a little bit deeper water. So definitely a longer rod. And, um, and, and and then another advantage to that is once you're fighting the fish, uh, up, up near the boat, uh, you can use the longer rod to, to direct them around the bow or around the back end of the boat. See, I'm glad I asked that question, man. That, that is, uh, that is the opposite of what I thought, but, it makes total, total sense when you say it. So good stuff. I, I started out, I started out thinking a shorter rod, uh, would be better on the kayak. And I tried that for a couple of years and I just was missing hook sets left and right. And I, I finally, I started using a little bit longer rod and I, I like seven, four to seven and a half foot. And then I even like, if I'm Texas rigging, I'm throwing a seven eleven. you know, the longer, the better, definitely the longer, the better. Good stuff, man. All right, Brandon, I'm going to let you go, man. I appreciate you being on today, and I look forward to having you back on the show and, and giving us updates around the kayak world and letting us know how you're catching the fish, man. So thank you very much, and we look forward to talking to you again soon, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. Talk to you next time. All right, guys, let's take just a few minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. Fishing Chaos invites all high school and college and social fishing teams to create a free team, or club on the Fishing Chaos platform. Clubs can hold tournaments within the high school team 
or invite rifle clubs and teams to compete in CPR, which is catch photo release events, as well as live weigh-in events, as Fishing Chaos supports most any tournament format. The addition of the new Fishing Chaos Club Management Platform allows teams and clubs to easily communicate with their members about upcoming events. It automates the tracking of Angler of the Year, or Team of the Year series standings and collects all angler results. If you're interested in setting up a free team or club or in hosting a tournament on the Fishing Chaos app, please contact fishingchaos.com or call Jesse Wilson at 256-508-1853. And brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Photonist Defense. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What a great last segment that was. I've been looking forward to that for a while and been trying to get a kayak guy on here. And, uh, man, these things have just come so far that really anybody can go fishing now from, from anywhere and uh, without having to have a pile of money to get one of these fancy bass boats. And they can fish the tournaments. And uh, it's just really cool, man. I'm excited about the kayak world. I want to get one myself. Speaking of anybody being able to fish and enter tournaments and catch fish that will have some great prizes with it, that leads right into this next segment. And I'm excited about this to get an update for what's going on with the crank for bank team with Miss Vivian Altry. Miss Vivian, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are y'all? We're doing good. Enjoying some beautiful weather. Things are starting to warm up. The fish are biting. And hey, I understand things are, are off to a good start with this year's crank for bank. Absolutely. Um, so on Wheeler Lake, we've already had six tagged fish caught, so there's still plenty to be caught. And on uh, Martin, we've had five so far. Um, people are winning, you know, each week we have a weekly big bass winner and, uh, on the virtual side and, uh, <clears throat> people have been winning those each week and it, it's great. You still have a, about 10 and a half weeks, maybe a little more than that to continue to, to register and, and win. Um, you know, everybody wants to win that million dollars for sure. Right. Or there's actually $2 million. One on Wheeler. Say one two, on right. Yeah. 
Yep. Actually, it's two. Yep. And then there's a there's bass boats. Uh, there's two bass boats, uh, a bass cat and a skeeter on Martin and a Chevrolet truck on Martin. And then there is a Phoenix bass boat on Wheeler and a Chevrolet truck on Wheeler. And then if you don't win any grand prizes, if you catch a tag fish, you're going to get $1,500. Any, so, the, so like right now, the tag fish that have been caught on Wheeler and Martin, 11 total fish, those fish yep. are $1,500 fish each. For sure. We don't know. We don't let anybody find out if they've caught the million dollar fish or the, the the grand prizes until July the 9th on Martin and July the 10th on, actually I said that backwards, July the 9th on Wheeler and July 10th on Martin. So um, they, they have to wait. This, you know, yes, they have to wait. They know they've won, they know they've won at least $1,500, but they have to wait to find out if they win the other. So even we don't know who wins. So two people right now could be millionaires and not have any idea. Absolutely. And one of the coolest stories is um, there's a kid who's 15 years old on Wheeler Lake. His name is Lake, which is funny. His name is Lake Johnson. Um, and he's, he's, he caught a tag fish. He was one of the, I think, third ones to catch one on Wheeler. And, uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think he'd, let, he'd, he'd love that million dollars. But I think what he really wants is a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah right he's 15 i know what he wants he wants a pickup truck yeah, for sure absolutely he does he does so all right pretty, so pretty, let's, you know, his parents might make him might make him save the million dollars so yeah the pickup right truck, he could start driving it <laughs> exactly well let's let's for people that may not know exactly what we're talking about let's let's back up a little bit and let's tell them what crank for bank is so obviously they've heard already that there's tag fish so how many tag fish did you release in east lake and it's on Martin and in Wheeler. Yep. So 200 on each lake. So, and they are spread out from end to end. So Wheeler Lake is like, I think 60 miles long. So on Wheeler Lake, they're spread from end to end. It's more of a, a river system. On Lake Martin, it's spread from end to end, but in all the different, you know, bigger veins of the lake. So it's all spread all over the lake. It takes us several weeks to get them all out. Very cool. And not only do you have the tag fish, but you also have a virtual tournament going on that coincides yeah. it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a $100 registration fee, and that gets you a chance to, you know, to do both. So <clears throat> we came up with the virtual idea because, one, um, while you're catching, trying to catch tag fish, you catch a lot of untagged fish, right? And so we thought, what a cool way to, to help get people you know, motivated. So um, the tag fish is kind of going along with the way the kayak fishers do a lot of times. They do the, you know, it's all done by, um, it's a, all done by uh, an app and you, you take a picture of your fish and it's the link on a bump board. And so on that bump board, um, if you know, whatever inches, um, our system will automatically cull your top five fish. And so each week we give away a big bass <clears throat> for each lake, whoever's caught the biggest bass um, up for the week. And then um, every other week we do random prizes. So if you submitted a fish, then you're in the random prize drawing. And the and the first, second, third place winners as of July 4th and Big Fish, um, they get great prizes. They're sponsored by Johnson Outdoors and Tackle Direct, Real Tree Fishing, and Frog Tog. So the prizes are pretty darn good. Absolutely, that's so cool. That was a great thing to implement along with this other, with the with the yeah. other tournament, right? 
yeah, it just kind of makes it a little more fun, a little, you know, get in there and, and really start fishing. And the people are, you know, the, the leaderboard is, is uh, on the app the whole time through Fishing Chaos. And, um, and so that, you know, people say, oh, I'm in first place now, or, oh, I've got, you know, I need another inch to get in, in second place or whatever. So we hear a lot of that. It just makes it fun. It really does. And to go along with what your last segment said, uh, y'all were talking about is it, it really is a tournament for anybody. So you don't have to have a fancy bass boat. You can, um, but you don't have to, you know, you can fish off your dock. You can fish off the shore. You can fish, um, you know, off a bridge, whatever, as long as you're fishing with a fishing pole and you don't have any help getting that fish, you can't do it with a, you know, a, a trot line or whatever. Um, if you, you can fish. And so, um, you know, we have lots of people, lots of families that are getting out on their dock and getting outside and enjoying our beautiful lakes in Alabama, um, and getting outside and, 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 and fishing. Um, they may not have a bass boat at all. They may not have a boat at all. Um, this last weekend we were on Martin and we passed somebody and they were fishing out of their pontoon boat and we waved to them and they screamed crank for bank. That's awesome. (laughs) so we love it. It was, you know, it was, it looked like it was a mom and a dad and, and two little kids and they were all, so it doesn't matter your age. Um, I think the youngest we've had is seven years old, as long as they can handle a fishing pole on their own and get it in on their own. So you got, uh, seven. And then I think the oldest we had last year was like 91 or 92. I can't oh, remember. Wow, so, that is so cool. And that's what, and, and yeah. you know, you, you, you hit it on the head. A while ago, I mean, we are so blessed in this state to have yeah. so many gorgeous lakes, and Wheeler and Martin are two. They're two of them, and and we've got we've got several. But this time of year, it's just it's an awesome time of year to be outside. And if you're out there on your dock fishing, or if you're on the bank fishing, you might as well sign up for this thing, right? I mean, because who knows if what dock that million dollar fish or the boat or the truck or the $1,500 mm-hmm. prize. I mean, may swim. It's just so random. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it takes one cast to potentially catch a winning fish. So we had a great story. Well, it's really not a great story, but it turned out to be a great story. So this young kid, he was 14 years old. Um, I guess he's a freshman in high school, um, was down here pre-fishing last weekend never been on Martin before, but he's got a, uh, I guess a, a tournament for his high school was coming up. It's coming up this weekend and he caught a tag fish and you know, on the tag, it says crankforbank.com. And so he was like, what is this? He'd never even heard of it. Right. So he, you know, he, he, he takes his phone, he does crankforbank.com. He looks at him. He's like, Oh my gosh. So his mother calls us and we answer and he's, he's like, is there anything? I was like, no, I'm so sorry if he wasn't registered. I said, but get that boy registered if he's coming back in two weeks to, you know, to fish. And she's like, Oh my gosh, he's already registered with his own money because he was that excited about it. So, so that's a pretty cool thing. And I said, you know, these kids that are coming down and fishing in, in the high school tournaments, you know, while you're fishing a regular tournament, you could, you know, you could easily catch a tag bass. You could weigh that thing for your tournament, but then you, you've won, you know, at right. least $1,500. Yeah. So we have a lot of people that are, you know, um, entering the tournament abt north is coming up on uh on lake wheeler in may and you know we're we're telling that hey all those abt guys you better get up there and do crank for bank with us so what's the process to to register okay so you crankforbank.com and it's crank number four bank.com and and then you pick which lake once it once you pop that once it'll once you 
go, go into that website, it's going to say Lake Wheeler or Lake Martin. And you pick whichever lake and hit the green button says register. It's going to take you into the Fishing Chaos app automatically and our, our website, I shouldn't say app. And then it's going to tell you to set up a Fishing Chaos account, which is free, um, with your information on it. And then you're going to buy a crank for bank ticket right there for $100. Super easy. And really and truly, if, you, if there's any problem with anything, anybody has any issues at all, we have a company called Real Tournament Management that we hired to help um, us run this. And she is, you know, she's willing to help you any way she can. She'll get on the phone with you, um, chat with you on the email, which, whatever. So we we put that number everywhere. It's out on the website and everything. So if you need if you need help, Real Tournament Management will help you. So it's a it's a hundred dollars to enter. We've got ten what right at ten weeks left. A little bit more than ten weeks. It's, it's little, ten plus weeks. So it's, it's a little. It's, it's not quite yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Till so, July the fourth. I mean, a hundred dollars is not much to, Absolutely. Uh, you know, to have a chance to catch one of these, these fish, even if it's just a $1,500 fish, fish. Absolutely. Fish at your convenience. You know, that night fishing is a big deal on Martin and Wheeler from my understanding. Yep. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of people when it gets hot or crowded on the lake, especially on Martin, they just go fishing at night. And so you, you know, you fish in your terms, you fish when you want to fish versus when a tournament tells you, you have to fish at this, you know, you have to be here from seven in the morning or six in the morning to right. four or whatever. So, um, but that, that's, that's a, that's just an added benefit to, to be able to do that. And the other thing too, is, you know, we had somebody that, that registered last year on June 30th, it was the last ticket that we sold or last registration that we sold last year, but doggone if he didn't catch a fish. And so he was in town. Um, he had come in for a vacation on Lake Martin and he, he heard about it and he thought, well, I'm going to be fishing this weekend. I might as well try. And he did. So you can, you can literally register up till July 4th. Um, but, but people, you know, I don't want people to think, oh gosh, well, if I hadn't started on April 1st, it's not worth it. It is so worth it. Well, and what you don't want to do is go, well, I probably would never catch one of these fish anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to sign it. up. Then all of a sudden you catch one. Yeah. And, and you hate yourself. <laughs> and you're so mad that you didn't spend that hundred dollars. right? Absolutely. Especially if you know about it and you didn't do it. That is absolutely the worst. And we've had that happen. Uh, I think I told you last time that we had 16 fish caught last year. One was the Skeeter bass boat for $50,000. And very happy Mr. Uh, Rufus McNeil won that. Um, and then the other 15 just won $1,500. But, you know, one of those guys, he, he, he caught multiple. So he actually, you know, caught two tag fish. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah. And so you get what you put into it. You can get out there and fish all this time, you know, all the time you want to at your, again, at your convenience. And, and that was the, the thing. Some people say, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to catch one. I'm not going to be able to catch one at, you know, whatever. Um, we had, like I said, we had people sign up at the last minute. We had people that just, you know, came in and fished just for the weekend and, and caught one. It, you know, it really just, it, it's for your, it's at your convenience when you want to do it and don't think you can't catch one. And we had probably 25 caught total last year. So there was a lot of sad people that, that weren't registered. Heck yeah. Well, and you know, it, it, it just goes back to me. It's, it's that thing where, you know, it, it literally doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, yeah. how often right. you fish, or if you're good at it or not. 
I mean, you can be a really sucky fisherman and throw out there one cast and and be a millionaire or have a new boat or a new truck or 1500. And that's cool. We say that the average Joe can win this comp, this, this tournament, just as good as any, any of these, these, you know, anglers that have got lots of experience. You know, it, you're, you've got just as good a chance. And we had a lot of people last year fishing off of um, at Wind Creek State Park, which is on Lake Martin. You know, they didn't have a boat. They just fished off the shore. And we know two were caught there last year. Very, very cool. All right. Yeah. Vivian, give us the, give us the website one more time where people go sign up. Absolutely. It's crankforbank.com. Crankforbank.com. And then if you have any questions whatsoever, it's 707 400 8413 707 400 8413 Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And I, and I, and Hey, when we get close to wrapping this thing up, or at least when I, at the end of the, the, the tournament, yes. I definitely want to have you back on to discuss some of the winners, what they won and, and let all these people didn't register and didn't go try to fish, <laughs> just kind of salivate and kick themselves Cause they didn't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we appreciate that very much. And I thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Absolutely, Vivian. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Take care. All right, guys, let's take a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. Southeastern Pond Management. Hey, guys, if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And they do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and the Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, these guys do it all and they do it well. It's what they do for a living. So they're really good at it. And brought to you by Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations, Killer Dock. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations are marine-grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What a great show, man. We got the, we got the bass fishing covered. We got the kayaking covered. We got crank for bank. That's really a cool deal, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, I, I love that. I mean, I can take my 11 year old daughter out and she could win a truck. She could win daddy, a new boat, or she could win. Well, she'd probably be winning mama the million dollars. Cause I'm sure that's, who would probably end up with it, 
but she could win daddy the truck. Right. So, Hey, sign up for crank for bank and, uh, man, appreciate you guys listening each and every week. Spread the word, man. Tell your friends about it. Send a text to your buddy. Say, hey, y'all got to listen to this podcast. Uh, if we grow, it's because of you guys, right? So we appreciate our listeners. And, and uh, man, we love bringing you this show each and every week. We want to make all you guys, we want to make your trip the best that it can be every week when you go out or once a month or whenever it is. Listen to the podcast on your way to the lake the night before get an idea of what the fish are doing right now so that you'll have an attack plan and hopefully have an improved and a better day when you get there. And that's going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do that each and every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314. Four six six five one seven six seven, and we will email you the show each and every week we'll make it easy you ain't got to go search for it we'll send it straight to you that's a wrap for the show guys appreciate y'all listening look forward to talking to y'all again next week this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by bucks island Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. United Bank is building stronger communities every day. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by LM Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600. Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama's home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide.